0: Good morning once again if I happen to miss you earlier. My name is Wayne, I'm the pastor here at DCC. And over the next four Sundays we're going to be engaging in a conversation called Fear Not. And I I'm excited to engage this with you uh, because the Christmas story is is really incredible because it's we we talk about it every year. <laughs> and and so there's so much depth to it and so much life to it that there's always something new to talk about. There's a new way to engage or just be to be reminded of what has happened, what Christ has done, and who God is and his we see his heart for us. and it always is able to impact your life. It's always able to be able to reach into your world right now and your circumstances and lead you. And so I love that. And so, and that's true really all year long as we engage God together. And so, but this is a great time. And so we're going to do that and engage this Christmas story. And we'll, we'll start that today. Um, but before I get jumped too far in, I mentioned this earlier, but I do want to celebrate this morning. So this past month, we engaged in a uh, and something we called Being Rich, and we are talking about what it means to, to give, but not just financially. We used to talk about giving, but just with everything, our time, our talents, the gifts that we have, I encourage you to find ways to throw parties and make this a way of how you live your life. But one of the things we did, we had New City Kids come and visit us a couple of weeks ago, and many of you were here for that Sunday, and we set a goal to raise $5,000 and to give to New City Kids. And so I'm excited today to say that we have met that goal and exceeded it, and so that's exciting, yeah. So as of this morning, we have given $7,500 towards New City Kids and about 20% of you have engaged in that with us. And so you can still do that if you've been planning to make that gift. And we're going to write them a check this week. We're going to go there and visit them and, sit and present that to them. And so you can take today to do that. Um, if you give through PushPay, there's a pull-down menu to, to select New City Kids. And you also can mark that on your envelopes if you give here in person. But that's exciting. But we're also learning to give of our time and to serve. And so we've had many of you take the step to serve with our Sunday teams. And today's been exciting because we've had several people shadow with us. And, and we've had full teams this morning, and it's been really fun. Uh, but also there's other ways that we're going to be engaging this month together. Um, one is happening Thursday. Each month we serve at the Sharing Place food pantry. And this month, uh, we're going to be, instead of helping them get things ready, we're going to be painting their garage. They really need their floor and walls painted. So over the next two months, we're going to do that once each time. And so you're invited to join us. You you can invite anybody to join you. Uh, um, And so there's limited spots, but that's happening on Thursday evening. It's a great way to serve this holiday season. I want to encourage you to, to, to take those steps together as a family. So I celebrate that. Thank you for how you've been giving and loving and engaging this city together. We love because Christ has first loved us. And so, uh, so this morning, so to jump back into Christmas, um, this is a, the Christmas story is something we have incredible confidence in. And we, we begin to sing things, and it's amazing because this time of year, our, our kind of worlds collide. There's a, a secular celebration of Christmas, but then the Christmas that we have as, as Christ followers, and, and we see these worlds meet, and you go into, you know, shop or any store, grocery store, whatever it may be, or you're on hold, I don't know, I, don't, I haven't seen on hold music yet, but we're singing like Christian theology, Uh, and it's kind of fascinating, you've got your Spotify playlist going, and you're listening just by accident, and like this theology of the virgin birth, and God coming down to us, God incarnate three in one, and like we just sing all these amazing phrases, and these are things we believe to be true. We have great confidence in, and so uh, it's really important to start with that. I think we got a little hum. You may pull me back just a little bit, Kyle. Um, but we, it's something we have great confidence in, and it's so important to start with that for you and I, because, because if we, we know this to be true, then it allows the Christmas story to impact your life right now, the struggles that you have, the things that you're going through. And so what I want to do is start with um, Matthew And Matthew, we're going to engage the Christmas story this season, um, and in the next couple Sundays we're going to engage the story through Mary's eyes, through Joseph's eyes, and through the shepherds. we're going to do it over four Sundays, and Christmas Eve, we'll be celebrating Christmas Eve here together at 4 p.m., and you're invited to that. It'll also be streamed live online if you want to join us wherever you might be on Christmas Eve. We're excited to do that together as well. And, And today I want to start us, and so I want to read from Matthew 1. Now, the very beginning of Matthew 1 is, I'm not going to read all of it, because it's a genealogy, which is pretty standard at at this day and age. And so when we read through some of the Christmas story, it's there for us to know, but it's also there to prove and to provide really like a historical document. And it's really incredible. And so in the Jewish tradition of the time, they would do genealogies. That's very important to them. But what's amazing about Jesus' genealogy, it goes back to the beginning the very beginning. And, and Matthew has to leave some of it out, which was normal at the time. It's like a really long thing. But there, like him being born, it took place in an actual time in history. And he was born in a virgin birth, which is really important that it wasn't of human means, but it was God coming to us. And that's unique to Christianity, and it's important because he came not as a sinful person, but as God with us so these things are important. So it starts with genealogy. I just want to see this. So you can put this first slide up. I just took these screenshots of the beginning, and it starts with, they decided to start with Abraham, and they could go back further than that if they wanted to. And here's all the fathers. And and, and so it, with those, there's interesting things that are pointed out. Like in verse 3, it says, Judah was a father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. And they, they bring out down in verse 5, um, Obed, father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, and, and, and before that, um, whose mother was Rahab. And these are some women that are part of the genealogy, which is not standard at the time, which, which is pretty awesome. It's one of the reasons we have confidence in this. And, but, but some of these stories were not typical stories of great triumph, but in fact, some of these marriages happened through a lot of brokenness. And, and it's pointing out, Matthew was pointing out the redemption, the redemptive story that God had been st- telling through his people. So there's, there's brokenness that happened to these families, but there was God worked incredible good that eventually led to a lineage of Mary and Joseph. And so you can keep going, and there's, a, there's more. And then uh, it keeps going, and then eventually ends. You can keep the next slide. And it ends uh, getting down to the end with all these interesting names, Elihud and Elazar, Matin. Anyway, I should stop. This is why I don't read this. Okay. And then Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary was the mother of Jesus who is called the Messiah. Now, this isn't in itself in this moment proving the Messiah, but it's showing us that it was predicted hundreds of years before they would come through this line. And so, he's showing us this. So, it's incredible. This is genealogy listing. And so, part of this is it helps us to have confidence in this story. There's a historical document and the actual story. And then it goes on to say this. Matthew 1, 17 says, all of those listed above included 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the Babylon exile, and 14 from the Babylon exile to the Messiah. He's like, here are three segments of fourteen. Are you guys hearing that hum? Are you okay? It's just me? Good. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> just make sure you're okay. So we know this to be true. All that to reemphasize that we know this to be true. So you can stand on confidence with this. And so now I want to read the rest of Matthew 1. and just, it's, And it's almost like a really quick story of how Jesus was born. Now, what's really interesting, because of the historical elements of this and, and, and critical elements of our belief and how God came to us and theological importance, he, Matthew emphasizes a couple of things that we would never really tell in a story. It actually feels kind of scandalous. So maybe we would tell it in our modern age, but you read this, and if you read this to your child, it's kind of interesting the words that you're saying out Loud. Wow. So I just want to say that it's not trying to make it too comedic, but it's really interesting that we have all this, you know, trappings around Christmas, and then we read these words. So here we go. This is in Matthew 1:18. And it says this: this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, well. Thank you, Matthew, for letting us know this. Can you imagine, in you know, hundred years or so from now, somebody talks about your life and begins to talk about your journey, your sexual journey? We'll just say that out loud. I'll just say it. Like it's documented for millions of people to read about. That's what happened. Um, It's important. But it's, let's just acknowledge that. Like, this is really different. So while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this we recognize that we, we believe in a virgin birth. So he, she was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and that's so important that Jesus didn't come and corrupted by sin and through the human lineage of sin, but without that. So it's critical that that be written, and it's what happened. We believe that this happened. That's why the story is so powerful today. But if you're Joseph, which is the next part, that's unbelievable. So much that he doesn't believe it. So this is a real story. So this is what happens. So this is what it says here. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. And so he's being noble, but this says a lot. It's a, such so phenomenally written that it says so much without saying writing a lot. But in this culture, in this time and age, to be engaged was essentially like it is for us to be married. It was a binding commitment. And to be, so he's really had to divorce her. And He had the right to, because of her sleeping with someone else from his own eyes is what he's seeing. Like he doesn't believe this. But it's a significant event, and it's, it is disgraceful. But he had the right to make her be, like, in a public way to say, hey, she's done this. But he's like, I'm going to break this. You've hurt me. You've wronged me. But he was trying to do it in a noble way, which is great. But this is what's happening. And so it continues. It says, As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You can keep going on the slides here. This is pretty incredible. So in Joseph's life, it's, it's, it's getting exciting. And he's engaged, and this whole process of marriage is happening. And, and eventually, you know, so and then this whole event happens where he's just, his world has come down, and he's crushed. And he's going to have to break off this marriage. He's essentially going to have to divorce her. He's got this mark on him in the culture at the time. But then he has this dream, and here is God engaging in his life directly and leading him. But this is not easy. God is asking him to do something that is incredibly hard. But how powerful is this, that he, the angel is telling him what he's been taught was is going to happen, that the Messiah is going to come. He will save his people from their sins. You are to name him Jesus. Then Matthew points out how this was written hundreds of years before it was prophesied. Fulfilled in detail. So he says in the next verse here, we can continue. It says, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That's a name of God. God has many names, and God is with us. so key for you and I to remember in this Christmas story. He's coming to us. He's engaging us. His name is God is with us. And then there's trouble that's coming with it, but but God is saying to you and I, I'm with you. So what does Joseph do? It says, it continues now. It says, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. And then, just so you and I can know, (laughs) but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and joseph named him jesus so if you're someone who's outside of theology or religion if you're someone who's pursuing god and engaging in this christmas story or maybe you've heard this read and maybe you've been in a service somewhere in your life and you're just looking down and you hear this he did not have sexual relations with her you just you pop up like i like for us in our modern era reading this that's it's like wow but it's, it's important. Into Jesus coming with no sin in our life, Him being a perfect sacrifice is key. And so this was important to know, and it affects our theology even today. But for Mary, she would have probably been alive when this was written. Isn't that interesting? There was a lot that was asked of Joseph and Mary to, to be part of God's incredible story. It impacts us now, then, but even now. But it, for them, it was a joy, but also hard. And so I think it's, those are some key things going on. And so I want to bring those out to us today. And so we see this. This is a real event. And as Christ followers, we proclaim boldly that this happened, that Christ came as the perfect Son of God, and He came to rescue us from our sins. And the only way to do that was to not be of sin, but He came to be a sacrifice for us. It was the only way for you and I to be forgiven for the wrongs that we've done, and to be saved from death. We know it to be true. And so because of that, Christmas every year is a time for you and I to reflect upon who God is. And as we look at what He does, we can see God working in Him in action, and it shows us who He is. It reveals His heart to us. It shows how He works in the world. We see His heart. And so there are principles that we can get from this that are true. And when we understand this, some of these are not always easy, but we can see by looking at God's story, principles of how He works in our hearts, how He leads us, how He's engaging you. And if you can take these principles principles into your heart, it will affect the things that you long to see in this this Christmas season. And so, as we begin this Sunday, I want to introduce these three principles, guiding principles that Christmas shows us, guiding principles that Christmas shows us. And so, I'm going to walk through each one, and you can put this up here on the screen. And this is it in a nutshell. So I'm going to give it to you all up front, and then I'll walk through it. But this is what I want us to remember this month, is it is tough. It's, It's a tough world, and it's not easy. And God engages us through that. We'll talk about how that's a principle. But there is joy. No matter what's happening in our lives, there's always joy to be had and to engage. If we look for it and engage that. And then we know that God is with us. We know that. And that's so key because we can engage Him when things are tough. We can pursue Him and look for the joy because we know God is with us. So fear not. Fear not. Because of that, we don't have to fear. And what's so incredible, if you think about these three things, You see this over and over Christmas story. In fact, you see this throughout God's entire story with us. All of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scripture was leading up to Jesus coming here and His story in us. And it's amazing. It helps provide the the foundation for that. But we see God engaging things that are tough. But there's joy coming out of that even when things are hard. And then we know that He's with us. Over and over and over, God is saying, I'm with you. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, He says, And remember this, I will be with you always. He was continually saying that. And then in this Christmas story, we hear them saying over and over again, fear not. Fear not. So these are the guiding principles. So guiding principles that Christmas shows us. Let's go through these individually. The first one is this. God is not going to take away a tough world. You can go ahead and a couple slides. I've skipped ahead here. (laughs) But you can put that up. This is a really interesting thing. Now, for every one of these principles, it allows us, if we stand on that truth, to take action in your personal life. My goal for you this Christmas season is to take this into heart so you can engage God. This is really key. God is not going to take away a tough world. We see the Christmas story take place in a very tough world, and as we get further into it in the next several weeks, we'll see that more in depth. But you can read it for yourself. But just right off the bat, Mary's pregnant. Joseph doesn't believe her. Like, they, immediate trouble is started in their life. Because God was working in their life, it brought immense trouble on them. This was one of the worst things that someone could do in that culture. Even now, today, in our We call this our modern world. That could possibly bring shame into your life. But that was a huge taboo thing for them, a no-no in their time. And so just right off the bat, there was trouble. And it was because God was working. And The world was very dark. They had a king that was incredibly murderous. They were longing to get out from the control that Roman government had upon them at the time. They were longing for Messiah to come because of how oppressive it was. And they thought a the Messiah was coming to overthrow a government. And Jesus eventually showed them that it was a much bigger problem than that. And that was our sin. But they were longing for a Savior because the world was hard. And when Jesus came, that, kind of activated that tough world. God didn't take it away. In our culture and time, we've become very good at removing hardship. We've become very good at finding comfort. And so we actually work really hard to make things easy. (laughs) We work really hard at making things easy. And so, despite all these efforts, trouble still finds us. And I think part of our heart, you know, what we, we, as we engage this world, we're, we're continually confused because despite all of our efforts and all of this work and all of this incredible technology and cars that are now finally driving themselves and, and advances and whatever it may be, trouble still finds us. We can't get out of our own way. And so we are now coming to God and engaging Him, saying we want Him to be part of this, you know, trouble, pushing out initiative. God, come, join me in our prayers to Him. Many times, listen, I'm part of this camp, okay? But please take this away. Why is this going on with me? But what we know and we see that God didn't just come in to take the trouble away. Now, sometimes He does answer that prayer. That doesn't mean that you pray for things. There are some awful things that we engage, and we long for God to do that. That doesn't mean that He doesn't answer that prayer. That's not saying that at all. It's important for you to hear that. But what we see in this story is a tough world. God didn't take it away. He promises one day to restore it. And part of the hope of what Jesus did was show us that He is in charge of this world and that He will one day fully restore it. And our confidence is 100% in that, and that gives us hope for the future. The part of His plan is to come to you and I in this world. He didn't just stay away. He continually came to us in it and and came to solve the problem, not punish us for it, but to solve it. The problem. And that helps us engage God differently. He's not always going to take the troubling world away, but we can go to Him. So, our reaction when we know that is we can take tough steps, take steps that we don't always like, because we know that He can be. He wants to be our strength. We invite Him, and we know that Jesus stepped into that troubling world. He bore a, a pain and a hardship that's greater than anything that we will ever bear because He went to the cross. And we know because He did that, we can do the same, not in our own strength, but His. It changes how we rely upon Him, how we even pray and engage Him. We invite Him into Circumstances. God is not going to take away a tough world. Number two, this is so key. There's always joy to be found. And so, there, because of what Christ has done, there's great joy that comes. And you read in the Christmas story, and we post about peace and joy at Christmas time, it's because great joy was brought into the world. And so, you see phrases like Mary saying, She treasured these things in her heart. Can you imagine watching God so visibly work? And people coming to her and her birth, and the journey to her birth was incredibly hard, but then people came from miles away. It took them two years to get to her to bring gifts. And shepherds showed up at her doorstep out of nowhere, saying, God directed us here. Coming to, pray and, and to praise this, the King that's been born. And like just these experiences of seeing God at work. There's great joy to be found. And we know that because of what God has done. And so that means in every circumstance in your life, we can learn to look for that. And our reactions, even when things are hard, is to to be disciplined in looking for the joy and take hard steps, knowing it will produce a harvest of joy in the future. It gives you and I strength to live for the joy that we know ahead. And Jesus was the example for the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross and he is working to take all things even the, the hard things that happen to you, the sin that impacts your life, the simple things that people have done to you that are hurtful. God has come to make that right and he can bring healing to you and bring you out of that because of what he has done. So there's always joy that we can see and pursue. We live in a world that's really good at pointing out all the negative. (laughs) And so this reorients us. You can look for the joy, but you can also celebrate the joy and be happy when things are happening. That's hard sometimes, but you can go for it and celebrate. God loves to throw a great party. He's good at that. We see lots of celebration and stories of parties. Jesus went to parties. And the religious people couldn't stand it, so you can engage and enjoy life. Look for the joy. Have fun at your parties this year, okay? Be responsible at your office parties, but have fun. <laughs> there's joy to be had. There's the fun Christmas song that I listen to. And it's like even though the year's been had, been bad, there's presents to be had. Still, it's been a tough year, but there's presents to be had. And I love that line. There's always a way to see and to pursue joy. Number three, God is always with us. God is always with us. His birth, coming to us in our dark world, and then eventually His death and His resurrection show us, without a doubt, this is true. His name is God with us. He's saying to you and to me over and over again, I am with you. I've come to engage you. There is a purpose in this. Trust me. And so we learn to go to Him. God is with us. We need Him. We're limited. That's hard for us in this New York City, this environment here. Like, we're so good at what we do, we can handle a lot, and we're good at what we You know, so, so we don't think we need anybody. We have, we have money. We talked about that in our last series. Like, in this area, there are things that give us a lot of confidence. But you're still limited. <laughs> you're trying to, to consume all the time, but you still can't get it done. You need Him so because of what Christ has done, we don't have to be afraid. So He says, I am with you. Fear not. And the implication is, is that we are afraid. That things are hard. That we don't feel joy. And so God is stepping in and saying, there is joy. There is a celebration. And yeah, I'm not taking away this tough world. And we kind of have to grasp that. But I'm with you in this. And it allows us to engage things that are hard. And we're learning to trust our Savior. This week, for me, in my personal life, I I encountered things that were hard. And I had some elders in my life say things to me that I didn't want them to say. (laughs) And I have people in my life that do that. And I struggled with that. And my reaction was, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, And I started thinking about the message that I'd written today, and it changes my heart. And I begin to pray, God, help me to see the wisdom in this and to lean into the trouble. To lean, that's a weird word to say, but lean into the things that are troubling in my heart. It changes me when I say that. God, help me to do the hard things that I don't always like to do. Because you took the hard steps towards the cross for me. I know that I can engage hard things too. You'll be with me. And I started thinking about how for the joy that's ahead, if I take these steps, there is joy that comes out of that. That there are people who care about me in my heart and they're saying, I'm going to lead you to do these things. And I, I have to trust because my heart in the moment says, I want to do what I want to do. <laughs> I don't do want to do what's difficult. I want comfort. I want a nice peppermint hot drink of some some kind. I want to sit in the couch and watch sports all month. That's what I want to do. <laughs> but you know, God engages times that are not easy, so I learned to lean into that because I know that if I do, there's joy ahead. And God is saying, I'm with you. I'm in this. And the world is difficult, but I haven't abandoned you. God is with us. We want to practice this. He takes your circumstances and wants to lead you. So, downtown community, this month, It is tough. We can put this up. It is tough. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's true. God may not take that away, but that's okay. There is joy to be had. There's joy in all these circumstances. Look for it. Trust Him and take steps as if that were true. Engage your heavenly Father. And then we know, you know that God is with us. So fear not. Fear not. Luke 2.10 says this, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. That's you here today. This month, I want to challenge you to, to take steps of faith and discover that these things are true. Don't be afraid. It means that there's things to be afraid about. But God is with you. And it leads to joy. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much. God, I thank you for your amazing words to us. God, I thank you for the joy that you long for us to have. You came so that we would have joy in all things. Now, beyond the world's circumstances, our own hearts have our own fears, our own hang-ups, our own troubles, and we long to find a way through that. I pray that we will learn the beauty, the joy that you want to bring, the strength we can discover in you, especially when it's God, I love this story. Thank you for bringing it to us today. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome.